Go with us to Psalms 147. I, I want to begin with that verse today. Psalm 147, verse 5, and then actually I'm going to be referring to different verses in this psalm today. But I, I want to leave a thought with you today. He knows my name. And that's special to know that God knows about me. He knows my name. He knows what's going on in my life. And so thank God that he does care. Psalm 147 verse 5 says that uh, great is the Lord. I thought they were just singing that song to set up my message today. Great, great is the Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. I want you to notice that word infinite, infinite, infinite as we go through this today. But when I look at Psalm 147, it's one of five psalms that begins with praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Psalm 146, 147, 148, 149 begins with praise the Lord. Uh, Psalm 146 ends with praise the Lord. Psalm 147 begins with praise the Lord. It ends with praise the Lord. Psalm 148, praise the Lord, ends with praise the Lord. Psalm 149, praise the Lord. And then, of course, Psalm 150 that you can all quote, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, ends with praise the Lord. So if there's something that's repeated, 10 times. I, I think the psalmist was serious about that we ought to praise the Lord. Uh, I think that praise, the praise that God desires is, is a praise that comes that's spontaneous. And, and when I see the goodness and I see the greatness of God, I can't contain myself. I just have to praise Him. I, I notice when we begin to worship God today, even though I wasn't turning around facing the congregation, I could feel the praise coming from this audience today. It was a spontaneous praise that you understand God is great. He's worthy of all the praise. I, I, I've been in church all my life. My dad was a pastor, so I, I, I just been in church, and I've been in so many thousands and thousands of services, but Sometime I've been in services where the praise leader uh, was, you know, I, I almost thought they were mad. You know, they, they'd say, come on now, come on now, praise the Lord. I wondered if they needed a whip up there, just kind of like a cattle drive or something, you know. Get everybody praising the Lord. How many, I, I, if we understand His greatness... We understand the goodness. When I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He healed me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, it makes me want to shout hallelujah. Yeah. There should just be a spontaneous praise inside of us. We, we don't have to be coerced or begged to praise God. I, I thought of a story I heard about a little boy. His parents took him to Six Flags and... Uh, the little boy, he was four or five years old, but he was literally overwhelmed with the place. He was scared of the rides, and he was crying and whining around. Finally, his mama swatted him on the bottom and said, Johnny, enjoy yourself. That means where when we come to church, nobody should have to say, come on, praise the Lord. We walk into this place with our hearts filled with praise. You're overflowing. You're great, Lord. You're wonderful. You're glorious. Our eyes are open to the greatness and the goodness of the Lord before the rocks cry out. I just have to praise Him. 
One thing that kind of caused me to uh, get on this message today, I was reading about Chris Tomlin when he wrote the words to the song, How Great Is Our God, said he struggled for a long time because he was just overwhelmed with the greatness of God. And he said, how do you describe the greatness and the awesomeness of a God that's beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension. Our God is simply uncontainable, un un untamable, unchangeable, inco incomparable, indescribable. He, his, he is, his understanding is infinite. A number that we can't comprehend. Uh, worship is all about coming together to be reminded and acknowledge the greatness of the Lord. What the, the psalm starts out with saying, praise the Lord. It's good to sing praises to God. We don't come in and sing for 15 or 20 minutes so everybody can go ahead and get here. Amen? That's a great part of the service. We've come together to say that we praise the Lord. You're wonderful. And, and the more that we understand the vastness of this universe, the complexity of what holds our world together, it's easier to sing how great you are. How great you are. How awesome is your name. Just the mention of your name, it strikes, it's, it causes wonder into my heart. I want you to notice verse 8, talking about the goodness and the greatness of God. said, He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. God is in His greatness of the things that He does. It's a, he remembers every year to bring that rains to us. I have trouble remembering, just put out water for my chocolate lab. And so when I realized, Lord, you're great. Your wisdom is infinite. Your, your knowledge is beyond mine. Notice uh, verse 16 and 17 said he gives snow like wool. He scatters the frost like ashes. He cast out his hail like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? When I realized, God, you're taking care of all the ice and snow in Alaska. You're taking, making sure there's snow in Siberia. You're, you're great. You're doing so much. I think that when I look at the life of Job, and I just went through the book of Job, and I was reading how that Job, he, he didn't understand that the attack on his life was coming from Satan. He actually thought it was from God. And so he makes some accusations against God that, God, you just don't know how to run your business. Have you, have you ever been in that place in your life? I had a pastor friend one time, pastoring in the Dallas or the Tyler area, and he just called me one day and said, Raymond, I'm done. Uh, the church stuff is getting me. Everything is getting me. I just don't feel like God knows how to run his business very good. Sometimes we can be in that point. I just don't feel like God knows how to run his business. And for 37 chapters, you, you realize that uh, Job's uh, conversation back and forth with his four friends and, and Job's uh, saying that God just doesn't know what he's doing. But in chapter 38, and this is not part of my message, but let me just hit on that. I guess it is part of the message. I'm on it, isn't it? But anyway, in, in chapter 38, he says, uh, I, I want you to, uh, then, then God answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, now prepare yourself like a man. I have some questions for you. 
Like a little boy standing in front of the table, you stand or the desk. Stand up. I've got some questions for you. Where were you when I laid the foundation there? Tell me if you have understanding. Surely you know. I like the way that's put in there. Job, you know so much. Hey, you you know all about everything. And notice how Job answered. He said, I lay my hand on my mouth. I've honored what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me. Things that I did not know. How many say, God, I'm going to trust you know what you're doing. I'm going to trust you're running your business. And Lord, I'm going to trust you that your way is beyond understanding. Verse 5 that we started with today said his understanding is infinite. That word, infinite describes an unlimited vastness or a number that's endless. We live in a world that has numbers that usually we can relate to. We start out with numbers of how, how old are you, little boy? Two, three. We, we start out with numbers like that. And then we learn to communicate with our fingers. But then those numbers begin to go in the tr trillions, kind of like our national debt. I don't know about you, but I, I'm just overwhelmed sometimes with, with the numbers. And, and I, I think about all the trillions and it, it gets beyond my comprehension. But notice uh, when, again, we're talking about a God that great is the Lord. His understanding is infinite. Uh, it, it, no limit to his understanding. Notice verse 4. It said he counts the number of the stars. Only in recent years have we begun to understand the universe, the number of stars. And it's always changing. Every time you see a fallen star or a star that's burning out, realize he's keeping count of every star. Every time you see a shooting star, he knows the exact number. I was reading a few years ago where an astronomer from Australia has estimated that the number of stars that we've been able to discover, and there's so many in so many other galaxies, but 76 sectrillion, the only way I can understand that, that's 76 with 22 zeros. And it says that God has them all numbered. Now I want you to see verse 4 again. It said, He counts the numbers of the stars. He calls them by name. He calls them by name. They tell me that the average college graduate can, has about 120 words in their vocabulary. I don't even know 120,000 words. But yet God is able to call the names of all the stars. There's probably more stars than there are grains of sand. The grains of sand are an infinite number in that wind and waves are continually changing that total every day. So many times when God wanted to let someone think great, see my greatness, He told Abraham, go out and count the stars. Look at the sand, the grains of sand, then you'll understand the greatness and the vastness of God. I want you to turn back two or three pages in your Bible, just, just a very familiar verses. But notice he talks about how God knows all about us. He says, precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great are the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than the number. Notice that number, the number of the sand when I awake 
I'm still with you. Notice the, the infinite knowledge of God like the grains of sand. Can I just read the first six verses of this psalm too? He said, Oh Lord, you have searched me. You have known me. You have known my setting down, my rising up. You're, you're understanding. Remember that word, understanding. Uh, my thoughts are far off. Your comprehension of my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways, for there's not a word in my tongue. Behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me from behind, and before you laid your hand upon me, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot contain. Aren't you glad God knows where you are this morning? He knows you're setting a grace church this morning. He knows everything you've been going through this week. He knows when you set out, when you got up. He knows all about you. Can you understand that? No, I don't understand it. I just trust it. I believe that he knows all about me. And the amazing thing is that he knows all about us, but yet he cares about what we're going through. David, the psalmist, he cried out, Psalms 8, said, what is man that you're mindful of him? Or the son of man that you visit him? Uh, a God that knows the name of all the 76 trillion stars. He's also concerned about a person with a broken heart. And that, that's what I want you to see this morning in verse 3. He said he heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. How does God that's running the universe, he's taking care of all the things around us, yet he knows about those that have a broken heart. If you walked in this morning downcast or troubled in your soul and your spirit, I'm talking about a God that knows you. He knows what you've gone through in that situation, and he heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. Uh, you know, a lot of times people, most people in the United States, even the uh, statistics I read, they believe that there's a God somewhere. They believe there's a higher power out there. But they have trouble making that leap of faith to believe that He's concerned about me, that He's concerned about each individual on this earth. I, I read where the, this past November and November 15th, I don't know who's counting, but anyway, November 15th, there was a little baby born somewhere in the world that makes 8 billion people in the earth. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God knows every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. He knows every person in this earth and He loves them. That's the miracle of the gospel that God so loved the world. A God of infinite Knowledge. He loves each one of those per people, each one of us, and He cares about us when, I, when we get down and depressed because we don't think the Lord really knows what's going on with us. And even worse, if He does know, He don't seem to care either way. But I want you to notice verse 6 today. It says, The Lord lifts up the humble. He lifts up the humble. Cry out to Him today. God, I need Your help. I need Your strength. I'm asking You to lift me up today. Lift me up above my fears, above my doubts. You see, a lot of times people say, well, God knows what's going on. Why don't He do something about it? The Bible said without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if we don't come to Him and don't ask for His help, you know, there's needs all over the world. 
There's people struggling all over the world and people saying, well, why don't God do something about it? He does to those that reach out and say, God, I believe you. I need you. I'm asking you to come into my life anywhere in the world. Lord, I'm asking you because he does care. He does care about us. You know, the thing that we need to understand is God doesn't feel sorry for you. There's one thing that moves the hand of God and it's faith. He's no respecter of persons. But the enemy wants you to get in that place to feel like God doesn't care. He doesn't know what's going on with me. Faith causes you to ride out and say, I believe you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. And so, Lord, I'm crying out to you. I need your help today. I need your strength. I believe in you, Lord. I believe in you. Notice verse 11 said, The Lord takes pleasure in those that fear him and to those that hope in his mercy. God loves you. Amen. He literally rejoices over you with singing when he sees you. He knows you're rising up as we already read this morning. He knows when you're sitting down. He knows every thought that you have. The thoughts that God has toward you are like the sands of the sea. He takes pleasure in you. And so when I believe that God does have that understanding that's infinite, then I can believe he cares about the brokenhearted, the, the fastness, the vastness of this world. It's just overwhelming to me in that uh, it's just uh, so, so large. I, uh, a few years ago, 30, 35, 36 years ago, a family in our church invited Brenda and I to go to San Francisco with them on a, just a fast trip. And uh, we went to San Francisco and saw the Golden Gate Bridge and all the stuff in California. And uh, I think we went out there on about Tuesday or Wednesday, flew back into DFW on Saturday night, and I was supposed to get up and preach that next morning. I'll tell you, if you want to mess your mind up, go to California, amen? Go to San, <laughs> go to San Francisco. There's a little country boy, and it, it messed me up so bad. I got back home and I thought, I'm just a little bitty dot on the map in Denniston. <laughs> We're, we're so insignificant. But how many is where God looks down and He sees everything all about us? All about us. One of the miracles of John 3.16 is that God loves the world. He cares about every individual. I, I remember uh, going to numerous trips on Mex to Mexico. And when I came, you know, in fact, in Mexico, I'm begging to get two pieces of ice. You know, I know I got one piece of ice in my tea, but can we put at least one more? And then I get back to DFW, go to the cafeteria to eat, and they got uh, ice coming out of the, the, the ice dispenser falling in the floor. And I, I'm thinking, what a difference in culture, leaving something that's so different and being on a plane just a couple of hours, and then I'm back in something so very different. But the thing that I'm trying to get over is that God's infinite, uh, he's, His understanding so infinite. He loves the people in Mexico. 
He loves the people where we are today. And when I realize that anywhere you are, God cares about people. He, he loves people. That, that's the wonder of the gospel. And that anywhere you preach the gospel, the response is the same. Whether you're uh, preaching the gospel in Africa or Oklahoma, God still heals broken hearts. He heals lives that'll reach out to him, that'll touch him, that wants to know him. And so that, that's the uniqueness of God's love, of his His. Uh, understanding of the world today. When, when I, I think about that God takes pleasure in, in the worship of His people, whether it's in Seoul, Korea, or Burleson, Texas, did you realize, I believe that as we came in today and this wonderful team began to lead us into worship, that God's literally taking pleasure in our worship today. Somebody said, I didn't feel like it. Well, God really takes uh, pleasure in the sacrifice of my praise and the fruit of my lips that Lord I've had some things happen this week but I come in today that because of who you are I give you glory because of who you are I give you praise I know you know all about me and Lord my heart is filled with praise today you dwell in the midst of the praise of your people it's too wonderful for me my finite mind just can't grasp it but I believe in a God that's understanding as if it, that's moved with the feelings of our infirmities. Jesus told us that there's not a sparrow that falls, that our Heavenly Father doesn't take note of it. He knows the pain we feel, whether it's physical or emotional. Our God is great. His understanding is infinite. And that the number of the stars, we, we really don't know how many they are. The sands of the seas without number. So is the understanding of God. Jesus talked about how much the Heavenly Father, He's the one that told us that He notices even when a sparrow falls. He knows what color your hair is. Even if you keep changing the colors, He knows what color it is. Amen. And... Uh, Jesus said he even knows the number, the number of hairs. And I know for some of us that keeps changing almost daily. You know, there's four stages of hair. Ball, fuzz, is, was. And so, you see, we, we get all these different, different stages of hair. But God knows about us. Come on. Jesus said he knows even the number. Have you ever wished someone... Just understand the situation you're going through. We used to sing a song when I was a little boy in the church, someone to care, someone to share. All your troubles like no other will do. He'll come down from the sky, brush the tears from your eyes. You're his child and he cares for you. If you get anything today, I want you to realize he's a God that knows. He's running a universe. He's running the world. He runs all of this, yet He knows about every individual. Now, that's my introduction. And so, <laughs> y'all, I always tell people, my messages are not very long. It just takes me a while to get through the introduction. But He knows my name. 
He knows my name. He knows your name today. The 16th chapter of Genesis. There's a story about a young Egyptian slave girl named Hagar. Hagar was from a culture in Egypt, believed in many gods, gods that could not see or hurt here. When Abraham and Sarah made that trip that they weren't supposed to make to start with to Egypt, and then they wound up bringing Hagar back as a slave girl. And I hope you know that story, how that Sarah said, you go ahead and sleep with Hagar and we'll have a son through Hagar. And then when Hagar found herself pregnant, she was despised in the eyes of Sarah. And Hagar, because of the ill treatment that she was receiving, she ran away into the wilderness where she thought that no one would know her. But as she sat by a spring of water, she heard someone calling her name. The angel knew her name. He knew her under her situation. He said, you're with a child. You're going to bear a son and you'll call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. And notice what this young lady began to say. She said, you're a God that sees and hears. You knew my situation. You know I'm carrying a little boy. And you even tell me what his name's going to be. And you knew my name. Hagar, you knew my name. Hagar met the God that's infinite. The God that knows all about you. The God that knows your name. He knows what's going on with us. You know, it, it would be a great honor for the president to know your name, to call you by name, or someone famous or celebrity to call you by name. I had a lady tell me the other day, said, I go to this church because you know my name. I work hard at it, but it's, sometimes it, it, I struggle. But you know my name. But it's so important to know that God knows your name. He knows who you are. The same God that knew Hagar in her situation, He knew all about you. And what I, I want to leave with you today is that God knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows what's going on in your life today. Everything about you, He knows your name. As long as you live, you, you, you can serve the Lord. You can do everything right. It doesn't mean you're never going to get sick. It doesn't mean you're never going to go through challenges. It doesn't mean your children and your grandchildren are going to always do what you want them to do. But there's one thing about it. You realize, God, you know my situation. You know what's going on. I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. I can tell you today, you can trust God. 
I've been through so many trials, so many tests, so many difficulties. But I will tell you, I keep showing up because I know God is a God that understands what's going on in my life. He's a God that knows my name. I believe he called me from my mother's womb. I believe he knew all about me, where I would come to the place that I am today. Thank God he knows my name. He knows my name. He knows who I am today. I want you to stand up with me today. When I listen to your praise and worship today, you didn't necessarily need me to remind you how to praise the Lord, because I know you already do it. I, I hear that spontaneous praise. I, I feel the expectancy, the excitement that's in this building when you walk in. Amen. That's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Nobody's up here having a holler. Come on down. Praise the Lord. You do that. You do that. It's something that's in you. Something that's in you. But I came by today just to remind you, he knows your situation. Same way he knew about Hagar's situation. Somebody said, well, why don't he do something about it? He's waiting on the humble to cry out to him and say, God, I need your help. I need your help today. I need, you to, I need your divine intervention into this. You know, God will never step into your life until you invite him to. He'll never step into your situation until you say, God, I believe you know what's going on. And I'm asking you to come in to my situation today. I want to pray for you today. I came from Denison this morning to tell you, God knows your name. He knows what you're going through. And I, I want to just pray for you today before we have our prayer partners come and be available.